Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is called The Burning Stars, and it uh, and this will be our second version that we're running. Uh, it was written by David Conyers, and it can be found in Terrors from Beyond. I'm your game master, and this is episode one. So without any further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. With a gasp, you awaken, your eyes open, looking up at a pale green ceiling. You're lying in bed, but you aren't comfortable. It's hot, too hot, and beads of sweat are running down your neck. You can smell antiseptic in the air. You sit up and you look around. There are five other people here, some you recognize. There are ceiling fans churning the humidity. There is no glass in the windows, but rather wooden slats, louvers. You can tell that it's daytime from the light. James Sterling, you look and you can see your right-hand man, O'Neill, in the bed next to yours. Your daughter and her friend are there also. But the other two men are not known to you. Uh, your head hurts. Likewise, Donna and Amy recognize each other and Dad and his bodyguard. The four of you seem familiar, but not the other two. You're all dressed in similar cotton pajamas. What do you do? Mr. Sterling, are you okay? Oh, what happened, Mr. O'Neill? I, 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 I don't know. My, and, uh, I don't know. I don't know who those guys are, where we are, why we're here. This, what the fuck happened? And then I'll notice Donna. Donna, Donna, are you are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. Amy, are you, how are you feeling? I'm confused. Um, where where are we? I. Smells it smells like a hospital. I, or something. I don't remember being sick. Maybe we oh, were in an accident. Do I look injured as I examine myself? Um, you have a few band-aids here and there, but nothing more uh, than small you know, scrapes and maybe bruise on your arm. You do also notice looking around that there are bedpans under your bed under your beds. And I don't feel feverish or sick you besides feel a, a few he headachy and a little dizzy, but the dizziness is going away. Oh, I need to get checked out. Time is money. Where's the nurse? Would you take it easy for just a second of your goddamn life? Just lay lean, there, please. Uh, lean into Dirk and say, Dirk, where are we, and who the hell are these people? Guy, I think we might have gotten back onto the drink. I don't know, man. This feels a little different. I'm going to smell my breath. Do I smell like I've been drinking? Not at all. Well. Been here for a while? Ben? Who are... Do we hear any noises of people, like... Out 
outside this room or um you think you might be able to hear maybe people walking by outside you've noticed that the windows don't actually have glass in them that they're louvers so you can hear sounds from outside birds chirping uh so the windows don't have any glass in them like they were never even supposed to have glass correct the room is clean oh we ain't in new york anymore and it's very hot that's for damn sure what does the hospital room if it is a hospital room look like it's made of is it like made of like clinical tiles no it's probably uh concrete and wood um, it's painted kind of a light green color on the inside. There are ceiling fans above you churning around the warm, humid air. Are we able to get up and move around and walk? Sure. All right. I'm going to pace a little bit. Is How many exits are, are to this room? Just one door? You look over, there is a door. And... As you look over at the door, you now realize there is a man sitting in a chair over by the door. He's got his leg crossed, and he's got a little notepad, and he is dressed in white like a doctor. Uh, and he's sitting there taking notes, and he's watching you. Hey, buddy, what's all this about? Yeah, who are you? Where are we? Uh, he stands up and he starts to walk forward. He's like, <clears throat> you're doing very well. Um, do you remember who I am? What is it? What is this, some kind of joke? No, I don't know who you are. Try to think. Try to remember. All right. I give him a closer look. Does he ring a bell? No dice. Sorry, kid. You're fucking with us here? M Mr. Stirring's a very busy man, and you're wasting valuable time and money here by not telling us what's going on. He looks uh, a little confused, and he says, well, we're trying to deal with this as well as we can, um, but I, at least I would like you to try and remember your situation. Um, you, you seem to be progressing somewhat. Progressing? What's going on? Um, I, I can't remember anything. I do not know who you are. What is going on? Well, how long have we been, how long have we been progressing? Oh, um, You've you've been here a couple of days now. A couple of days. Jesus. Or where's here? Um try I think. Do you know where you are? Know where we are. Why are you making why are you putting that burden on me? Um all right. Um he looks very cautious and he says you are in Elmwood Military Hospital. Does it sound that familiar? Is that in New York? No. Try again, you think? Elwood, Jersey? 
Hot. <laughs> Too hot for Jersey. Takes a couple of notes and he says, um, Florida. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm hoping that your memories will return. Um, you're in Haiti. Haiti. The oh. island of Hispaniola. Haiti. You're in the military hospital. Uh, Elmwoods. Nothing sounds familiar. Not at all. No. So what ended us here? Why am I here? Um, all right, I guess we'll just have to go over it again. Uh, <clears throat> let me explain your situation. Try to keep an open mind. And we'll hope we can get farther this time. You were found wandering in the western hills just outside of Port-au-Prince. Um, you were uh, uh, spotted by locals who were worried, and they had uh, uh, they had us pick you up and bring you here. Uh, you were in a catatonic state. You seem to have suffered some trauma of some sort, and uh, we brought you here. We've been uh, taking care of you, you know, none of you weren't uh, you weren't in any serious um, medical, but your uh, your memory seems to have been damaged. You keep blacking out. Uh, we have gone over this at least six times now, and something we haven't been able to identify seems to be triggering you, and every time you are triggered. You go back to a catatonic state for a few hours or minutes, and when you waken up, you don't remember anything all over again, including my name or where you are. So, but I observed you this time. You remembered who you were. I was watching, which is progression. You're getting, we're hoping that your memory comes back. We don't know why you were wandering about. Uh, we so were hoping you. Could... Well, we have brain damage now. I can't find any uh, any evidence of any kind of physical trauma, but something seems to have put you into this state. So we were found wandering in the woods. And we were brought here. And whenever we wake up from an unconsciousness, you question us until we pass out. And you've done this six times. Well, we don't know that it's what we're doing that's causing it. You, it might be that you are recollecting something. And when you do, it causes your mind to block it out and reset your 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 memory all right well could you get us some paper and a notepad so we can write this down in our own handwriting yes yes i can do that and something for this headache please all right some Not aspirin terrible. all right just a moment and he goes out um and leaves 
Well, this certainly ruins plans I had. I'm so sorry, Mr. Sterling. Something something happened to us, and I failed to protect you. Uh, oh. Mr. Sterling, me and Randall uh, were and private eyes. We're, uh, we're dicks, you know. Okay. Hired guns. Yeah, so, I guess uh, got a minute here. What's going on? What's the connection between all of us? All right. So, uh, my name's Guy Randall. I used to be a beat cop, but I'm a PI now in New York City. Is that where we're, are we all from New York? Yeah. I've been living there for quite some time, working with Mr. Sterling. So I'm how the right-hand man. A group of people who have no, no connection to each other, but we're all from New York. Well, the people that lack a connection here is you two. We all know each other, and I motion to four uh, of us. No, look, look, the man said something happened to us. So there was, whatever it was that all of us were together, we don't remember. Yeah, but I never had any plans to go to Haiti. Yeah, that's uh, a little bit outside of our scope of investigations. No, no you look, you, you don't. I don't know what the hell's happening here, but whatever all of us decided to come here, we don't remember. If we're in Haiti, I don't know how we ended up here. We'll figure it out, Princess. Maybe, I, you know, I was in the Merchant Marines. Maybe, uh, I mean, I don't know anything about piloting boats, but maybe you need me to do some, like, Marine work and we shipwrecked? I have no idea, bud. As far doctor, as I'm aware. The doctor comes back inside with a pad and a pencil. Thank um, you. Who who wants it? I will grab one. And okay. while he's handing me it, I will say, uh, were we found with any of our possessions? Uh, where might those be now? Not very much. Um, just a few coins. And, uh, of course, your, your clothing. Uh, which was torn up quite a bit. Now, we've guessed that most likely, being a white folk, you're probably staying at Hotel Olufsen uh, in the, uh, the White Run districts. Uh, you're probably not in any other hotel. Uh, uh, but uh, your possessions are probably there this point um what do you we've, call it? hotel olivson now we've we've been hoping uh, th this is a military uh, naval complex um the current uh person in charge is uh uh major lloyd medwin and he's told me that he needs you to be able to remember what happened? He's the one who does most of the investigations on the island that have, you know, for the for the white folk. Um, however, um, I've told him that I thought that you were going to get a little better. You haven't progressed quite as quickly as I'd hoped. But uh, if you can demonstrate to him at least a little bit that you've 
that you are improving, and uh, he has questions for you. Um, as do we all. Where'd you, where did you come from? Why are you here? So are we being detained? Only for your current health. It's like we haven't had the, you haven't had the opportunity to get up and leave because you keep passing out. Uh, I'm sorry, what was your name again? I'm Dr. Alan Kelly. Does that sound familiar? No. No, but... Never heard Alan, of it. Do you, you have that aspirin? Oh, yes, yes. Here you go. Here's some aspirin. Thank you. Um, I I have a question for you, Doctor. Um, you Have you observed us while we were asleep? He looks at you kind of... Uh, with a, an odd look on his face for a moment, he says, yes. Well, have I... Have any of us talked in our sleep? No, nothing. Nothing like that. Good good thinking, Amy. I didn't know if somebody would babble in their sleep some sort of nonsense that might help us understand what helped us out well, here. What do you guys remember? Nothing. Nothing? Just another day in New York, and now I'm in a military hospital in Haiti. Sean, do do an intelligence roll. 07, that's an extreme. You you remember New York. You remember this, you know, the the hustle and bustle of the city. But you... uh, you have trouble focusing in on any of the details. You are, it hurts your head. Something seems to be looming there in the darkness and you become frightened that it might cause you to black out. So you, you back off. Hey, hey, doc, let me, <laughs> let me have one of those pills as well. Can I? Of course, of course. Don't take too many now, though. Just, just one, just one to stop the pain. I'm gonna start writing everything that has been, all the knowledge that has been given to us. Okay. And I'll make a note for myself saying, "This is you. You blacked out seven times now." Yeah, because you know it's, it's weird. I remember back in New York. I remember who I am. But I also remember that something terrified me. Oh. Yeah. 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 I remember something as well, but. Well, it's, it's certainly consistent with this kind of mental trauma. You seem to be blocking something that happened. So you're saying something could have happened to us or we saw something and it just broke our heads? Yes, yeah. That's that's very close to what may have occurred. I mean, there's not even a name for this sort of condition. Um, but I think there are some top scientists that have been studying and psychologists and so forth. I've never seen anything like it myself. It's I, I I don't mean to sound clinical. It sounds it's very interesting, but 
it's not my speciality. In fact, I don't think there's anybody on the island that would know anything about this. Were we the only ones recovered? There was no one else? He, he looks at you strangely when you say that. And he says, no, just, just you. Okay. I'm going to lean over to, to Donna and say, do you, do you know where your brother is? Is he safe? Jack? What is what does it matter? He isn't here, isn't he? Well, if you're here, where he, else is he supposed to be? Exactly. That's what I'm asking, Princess. You um you do I, seem to be remembering a bit more, it would seem. Um if you don't mind, I, I'm sure that you're probably quite distressed even now. I could call for Major Medwin to come over. Uh, he might ask you a few questions, but he's also the one with the authority to let you go. That sounds good to me. The sooner we speak to him, the sooner we can get out of here. I'd also like to call my wife, assuming that she's either in New York or at the hotel. Well, the phone exchange between here and New York is... Not very good. You could wait a number of hours to put that phone call through. Um, let me go ahead and call Major Medlin. And he turns around and he leaves. A telegram would get there faster, Mr. Sterling. Yes, yes, I can send a telegram to my secretary. So were you some kind of big shot? He's the big shot. The big shot. I've never seen him before. Well, then then you must not be much of a person of note yourself, then. Because anybody who's anybody knows who Mr. Sterling is. All right. Hey, listen, you mug. Who are you? Me? I'm Sean O'Neill. Right-hand man of Mr. Sterling. The man that makes sure he, his daughter, anybody else associated with him, stays safe. Stay safe from what? Gangsters. Thieves. Rich men need to be protected, you know. It's all sorts Thing of things. to put us in this hospital. Guy got his own bodyguard. Um, so, what is it that you do exactly, uh, Sterling? I make sure that any threats to Mr. Sterling are taken care of. Yes, and I am an industrialist. I own many factories across the United States. As you guys are beginning to discuss this, <clears throat> the door opens, and what you see at first is the backside of a uh, small Haitian nurse. Uh, oh. She's pulling in a cart that looks like it has bed, fresh bed linens and things like that. She backs into the room, and she turns around, and she says, she says, bonjour, and then she looks up at you. And she's she's reached for a, a a clean bedpan on the on the table, and she looks up at you, and she suddenly drops it on the floor, and she exclaims something in French, and then turns tails very quickly and runs from the room. What did she say? I know a little yeah. French. Do any of you speak French? French? Yeah. yeah, a little bit. She said. 
I've, I've got the French written down, but what she says is, uh, it sounds like she says, Baron Lacroix has marked you. And wow. she said it in great fear when she looked at you. Is she still, can I catch her? No, she's she's gone. It shocked you all. You were in the middle of conversation when it happened. Why? Do we have Baron. any kind of marking? Baron Lacroix. Uh, just a black woman in a white dress. All of the staff seem to be, well, all of the, the nurses and stuff seem to be Haitian women. Well, what did she see? And I'm trying to look at, you know, Sean and Dirk and Guy. Do they have any markings on them? They all look normal. I mean, like I say, a couple of them have Band-Aids, but not in the same place. Dirk, turn around. around. No, I don't. I don't know what she's on about. Um, who is this Baron Lacroix? I don't know, but clearly he's marked us. At least according to her. I don't well, like the sound of that. You two are investigators, right? Yeah, that's right. All right. How about I hire you to figure out what's going on? Sure. Sounds sure. good. I think we've got a mutual interest here. Great. Give me a report whenever you report. gather some information. That's what you detectives do, right? Yeah, I was about to say the report is that we're in the hospital. We don't remember anything. <laughs> right. Donna, these two men are going to take care of some things. After a few moments, I'm right the doctor, here. I heard. The, the doctor okay, comes princess. back inside. And he says, all right, I've, uh, I've alerted uh, Major Medwin. Uh, he will be here within uh, 15 minutes. Wonderful. How are you doing? Have you remembered anything else? Well, most likely more than last time. Hey, who's Baron Lacroix? I'm sorry? Baron or, Lacroix? One of the orderlies came in and she saw us. And then something about us spooked her away, and she yelled something out in French. And it turned out she told us something about a Baron Lacroix, and then she ran away. It's local superstitious nonsense. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's nonsense. Uh, these these, uh, these uh, Haitians are all superstitious. Well, I mean, we are on their turf, so it's... <laughs> I mean, I'm... I'm always up for a good story. I, I enjoy the good uh, gossip. I, I don't know anything about it. It's not. I'm. I'm a Christian. Okay, I so don't believe in all this nonsense. Well, if we did have half a mind to maybe figure out who this Baron is, um, where would you go in town? Talk to a local that might know things? Well, I'm sure that you could talk to just about anyone. They'll, uh, I wouldn't know. I, I very rarely leave the base. Say, how does this, um, I was born in Iowa. <laughs> so, how does this community think of us, you guys being here, this base? Uh, oh, um, well, 
Major Medwin could probably answer that even better than I can. But for the most part, the uh, the United States occupies Haiti currently. Um, they have for a number of decades. There was a large rebellion against the United States by these people um, 20, 20 years ago. Uh, there are still some rebels out there in the jungle. And um, for the most part, we occupy. And uh, there are there are parts of uh, Port-au-Prince I wouldn't suggest going into, especially if you're out there all alone. I thought France, I thought France owned Haiti. Oh, they used to. So what you're saying is when we get in, don't expect a ticker tape parade. No. Be careful. Don't don't go anywhere dangerous. I'd say go back to your hotel and have a rest and try to figure out what happened. Well, that's assuming we were staying at this hotel. I think that it's very likely... um, Mr. Sterling is a very wealthy man. He wouldn't stay in a hovel. Sure. Uh, so my guess is there are rooms there that you occupied. Dirk, is there any case that we could have been working on that would bring us to Haiti? Well, there was the uh, the old Cecilia case with the uh, lost jewelry, but that doesn't seem like very applicable. No, and I don't. Yeah, I don't think the tie-in was very strong on that one. Definitely not enough for us to come out here and make all these. <sighs> uh, guy, I would like you to do an intelligence roll again. All right. A three. So I don't. I don't know. I need to see what my intelligence is, but. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Um. When Dirk mentions that case, um, it you've had a lot of cases. You don't remember it very well, but you uh, you go along with it. You know, yeah, I remember, but you don't really remember very well. Uh, you ah. find also that looking back, it kind of hurts your head to look back at New York and ah. what was going on. All right. Um, After a few minutes, um, a man enters the room. He's dressed in military uniform, uh, naval. Uh, And he comes in and he introduces himself. Uh, um, Good morning. I'm Major Lloyd Medwin. And I have some questions for you. Are you feeling all right? Do you feel like you're up to answering questions? The doctor said, you are making some progress? Yes. Well, geez, anytime I think about anything, it feels like I've been rolled over by a steamroller, if that makes any sense. He looks over at the doctor and the doctor. Well, um, you were, do you remember where you were found? Only what I've been told. And which was? We were found wandering around in the hills west of Port-au-Prince. Okay. Yes. Disheveled uh, and barren. Well, the, the western hills, yes. Um, do you have any idea what happened to you? No. No. And also, we're just taking your word for this. Like we, 
I'm just assuming that you're telling us the truth that we were wandering around in these hills. I don't remember anything like that. Yes, you you were in a what did you call a doctor? And he says a catatonic state. Says yeah. Um, we have reports that there was some sort of conflict in the hills. Um, gunfire was heard. Uh, and it was that morning that you were found uh, very early wandering about. Um, we didn't find any solid evidence of any kind of conflict, a little bit, but you don't remember anything. Were, were we in a gunfight? We don't well, perhaps know. we were fired upon because uh, I can't see any reason why we were doing any wrong. I normally keep myself quite armed, so if a threat was presented to Mr. Sterling, there is a risk of life. I wouldn't have hesitated to, to shoot. I don't remember any time I try and think back on this. I just this this headache gets worse. What were we wearing when you found us? Where's Dr. our doctor? Doctor, what, what, what's going on? And he's like, there, he's, he's trying to remember. Um, and he, he gets frustrated for a moment. He says, listen, he says, I'm going to let you go. You seem to be grasping for your memory, but we don't have the time to keep you here or the resources to keep you. It's a military hospital. Well, I have no inclination to save you. I'll have my my driver take you back to what did you say hotel olifson yes um but hey where's the clothing that you found us in maybe my wallet's in there keys um the the doctor says uh um it, it, it's it's here uh we'll uh we'll bring that to you um but but then and, and and major medwin says here let me give you my card which he hands you. Uh, it says, you know, Department of the Navy, Office of Naval Intelligence, Major Lloyd uh, Medwin, uh, United States Embassy, and it gives the street and the telephone number. Um, and he says, if you start to remember, if you, if you start to remember what's going on, then please contact me. Um, we need to get to the bottom of, of this. Yeah, you can uh, you can put my hospital bill on a uh, Mr. James Sterling. It's our buddy right here. He turns to the doctor and he says, um, "I thought you said that." And suddenly, you were all in the back seat of a car driving across Port-au-Prince in the middle of the day. And oh. your, uh, your eyes blink at the sunlight. And you can't remember how you got dressed or how you got into the car. Do, do we remember that last bit? leading up to that, like when the doctor was like, I thought... You remember him turning to the doctor and saying, I thought you, and suddenly you were here. 
Um, the uh, the driver is also military, but it's not Medkin. And he's saying, so it's your first time in Port-au-Prince, um, staying at the Hotel Olufsen. So I've been told, uh, what's that place like? I've never been inside. Oh, it's just beautiful this time of year. I'm going to look for my notepad. Uh, yeah, your notepad's in your hand. Is anything you written? Nothing. Hmm. We're all in the same vehicle? Yes. Um, and he's taking, he takes you across town. Uh, it takes uh, maybe 15 minutes to cross Port-au-Prince, uh, going towards... You can tell that there is a difference as you're looking out the windows. There's parts of the area that are quite poor, um, there's a lot of colorfulness to the buildings, but they're still very poor buildings. And then you start to move into an area that's got a lot of white colonial buildings that looks much better, much more European, much more built up. And you finally pull up to a, a two-story uh, uh, hotel, uh, also in the colonial style, fairly large hotel. And he says, well, folks, he says, uh, this is your stop. So do we still have Major Medwin's card? Somebody have that? Yes, you do. So what the heck? Talk to the driver. What are we supposed to? Never mind. What are you going to know? Yeah, I don't know nothing. Uh, That's where they told me to take you. Thanks for the drive. Let's go check out this hotel. All right. Right. We should be checked in under my name. Uh, if not, then wrong place. I'm assuming I'm wearing the clothing that we got. I'm not in like scrubs or whatever. You're you're not in you're not in PJs anymore. Yeah, we all you're got changed. Your, your so was anything clothes. in my pockets? Uh a couple of coins. That's it. No wallet with like a driver's license or anything. No wallet. What's the condition of my clothing? Is it? Uh, it looks like it's. It looks like that maybe the staff at the hotel cleaned it, uh, Mm. because it doesn't have dirt, but it definitely has scuff marks and uh, it's not in pristine condition. Got some small rips. Some frayed areas and. All right. Well, is there anything special about these coins? Or are they just standard currency? They're just standard. It's American currency. Okay. All right. So you step inside the hotel. It's it's hot. The Haiti itself is probably in the 90s. Uh, the humidity is probably 80%. Um, your clothes cling to you like, you know, not very comfortable. Uh, the, the interior of the Hotel Olufsen is quite nice. There's a lot of tile. Um, there are large ceiling fans, and there is a staircase going up. There is a, a concierge desk with a young um, Haitian gentleman uh, in a, a very nice white linen suit that's standing there. And there is a large sign written in French over the, uh, over the desk. Shall we roll for French? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sequel play. Nope. Oh six is a hard nice. success. Humble. It says il est recommande de conserver les objets de valeur dans 
Le Coffre for the Hotel. Um, it is recommended that valuables be kept in the hotel safe. Bonjour, messieurs. Bon, bonjour. Sorry, it's been a rough, I don't know, week or so. We we lost the keys to to our rooms. We, um, he asks you in French, he says, uh, which room? Uh, it would be under Sterling. We, um, he looks up at you and he, he says, one moment. And he goes back and he pulls out the key and, uh, comes back and he hands that to you. Uh, room 101. Is this on the first floor? Uh, yeah. Merci. One of you folks who speaks French, do you want to maybe ask if we kept anything in a safe here? Well, you should probably ask for your room, Mr. Randall. Yeah, I guess I was a little quick to assume that we were all traveling together. All right. Um, hey, Dirk, you speak French, don't you? <laughs> Masun menos. <laughs> Uh, I don't think we'd stand a joint like this, though. It's a little bit upscale. Yeah, it's a little rich for my taste, but I'm going to go up to the receptionist and, uh, pardon me, does anybody here speak English? I speak it a little. Um, there wasn't a room here under a guy, Randall, or a Dirk Kessler. Um, we, oui. we, oui, monsieur. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's that's our room, but oh. I, I don't have a key. Oh, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure I understand this. Well, I just got out of the hospital. Um, I had an accident, and I. Well, long story short, I, I lost everything I had on my person. So uh, I don't have I don't have the key to get back into my room. I'll I'll say in French, none of us do. Um he looks very confused for a moment and he says, um, but uh I believe that is uh, inappropriate. To get into an accident? Uh, no, monsieur. Why would it be inappropriate for me to go back into the room that I paid you for? Um, well, hotel policy. Well, then give me my money back. Um, I want to ask him in, in French. Um, ask him in French. Uh, what did what did this uh, what did he do? Um, he looks at you very confused, with a little bit of maybe consternation. Do you want to do an intelligence roll? 
uh, a 14 is a extreme success. Yeah, maybe he needs a little softening. I'll just go, ah, uh, I'll feel around in my pockets. Do I have anything? Uh, we'll say you have $5. Okay. I, I'll, I'll say in French, uh, where are my manners? Um, I think you dropped this. Can you please help us? Get he puts his hand on it out. and he uh he he removes the, the money and he walks over and he uh, hands you a, another key. This one is to room uh 103. Is that, is that my key? Uh, and he, okay. he taps it and he says uh Kessler. That'd be me. Wait, so why did you guys get your key back and then we had to basically bribe a guy for mine or ours? Do we really want to argue about this? God, did I do something stupid? Jeez, I don't know, good... did you? Are you the type of man who does stupid things? Well, Sean, lead the way. Yes, sir. To room back. 101. Did you want to check and see if there was something in the safe? And, uh, what did you say? Amy, Amy, do you? The safe's in the room, right? Well, to ask. No. Oh, it's not. Okay. Do you remember if you had your own room, Amy? I'm afraid I don't. Um, I just, I just don't have any memory of this at all, and it, it, it really. I just feel terrible. I just feel really sick, actually. Well, Amy, we'll help you with your room. No problem. Thank you, is there, Mr. Sterling. Mr. O'Neill, can you ask if there's any room under the name uh, Lackland? Sure thing. Or O'Neill, even. Yeah, I'll run all our names by it. No, I'll, I'll ask and see if, you know, if there's Amy Lackland, Sean O'Neill, or if it's just Sterling and Kessler. He tells you that there are rooms for um, James. There are rooms in the name of James Sterling and Donna Sterling and Dirk Kessler. And they are doubles. Well, Mr. Sterling. So it seems to you like Sterling and O'Neill stayed in one, the girls stayed in another, and the detectives stayed in a room. Right. Dirk, let's check the city. Yes, that's a good idea. I thought they were in... Uh... We need, we need one more. Can we get the, the third key? Do we have all the keys? He he looks at you very strangely, and then he's like, wee oui, wee, oui, and uh, he gives you the other key as well. Uh, you ask about the safety deposit box or whatever. Yes. Um, he, he look looking very nervous and confused, he goes back, he checks, and he brings out a small box. It's about the size of a, oh, I'd say a, a, a little bit bigger than a cigar box. No, I'm sorry. It's bigger than that. Um, it's it's a little trunk about yay big. Do these have like numbers on them or? No, it's just a box, but it's got, it's got um, uh, Kessler written on the outside of it in uh, like chalk. 
Well, Dirk. And there's obviously something inside of it. You might want to open this upstairs, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah, maybe let's bring this up to the room. Are we one of three? Did you say? You're one hundred and three. Are, are there any other safety deposit boxes in our names? No. Yes, Very well. Here it so, is. Odd. I with this, um, Dirk and I are going to go see what we can find in our room. When we're through with that, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll all meet in James's room. Sure. It sounds agreeable. So, something from your me. rooms are respectively uh, Sterling and O'Neill 101, Donna and Amy 102, and Kessler and Randall 103. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. So, you go up the stairs um, and down the hall. You are the, the first doors down the hall 101, 102, and 103. Who wants to go first, or you're all going together probably into your rooms? I was figuring probably, well, probably Dirk and Guy would go into their room, just the two of them, so that okay. we could have like, some privacy, like, hey, what's going on? Like, sure. And you guys have the box? Yeah, we have a box. Okay. All right. So the two of you open up the door. What you see is... Uh, the room has obviously been gone over. Um, there are two beds. They have mosquito netting around them. Uh, they are made. However, on each bed is a suitcase. The suitcases are open uh, with your various toiletries and uh, changes of clothes. Um, but they've been gone through. It's pretty obvious that somebody has rifled through them. So it's uh, not necessarily, that could have been us before we took off, right? Yeah, but do a, do a spot hidden roll. Do, do I have any of my guns on me? That was second. Yeah, I got a hard. Yeah, the too. way that it's laying out, it's not the way that you would have laid out. You're, you wouldn't have just done this. Somebody has rifled through your things. This is like in the, the drawers and everything that come in the room? No, nothing's in the drawers. It's all strewn across your bed. Actually, there, there's a couple of the drawers that are open, but you hadn't put anything in them. So, all right. Well, let's, I'm going to take a couple minutes and maybe try to gather all of the stuff that, of ours that has been kind of strewn about. In your suitcases, gentlemen, uh, Dirk and uh, and Randall, um, you do find a lock picking kit. Um, you do find uh, some boxes of ammo. Um, you do find some shells for a twelve gauge shotgun. You do find broken down components for a twelve gauge pump action shotgun uh it's between the two cases pieces of it in each case uh you have flashlights and hiking boots uh there is also a remington typewriter uh with some shaw stationary paper you do have a rucksack um kessler you can open up the box 
Um, I'm going to hold Guy back and say, you know, they might still be in here. Yeah, it's, there's nobody in there. There's basically oh, okay. the one large room and a bathroom attached. Yeah, then, then I'll go open the box. Okay. When you open the box, the first thing you see is guns. Uh, there are, in fact, six pistols. Uh, three of them are 38s and three of them are 45s. Um, there's $300 in cash. Uh, and there, uh, there is, there are some other things, um, a couple of pieces of paper, a map of Haiti and, uh, two, um, it looks like steamer tickets, uh, to New York, uh, aboard the Louisiana queen in the name of Dirk and Randall. These would be tickets going back to New York. Um, could you run through um, that list again, like slower, so I can write it down? Okay, well, I, I'll go over it. Uh, so you got the you got six guns. Uh, you got three hundred dollars in cash. Uh, you have a map of Haiti, and we we're in Port-au-Prince, and you were in Port-au-Prince. Um. You also have a couple of pieces of paper. The first one is this one. <clears throat> Shaw's Investigation and Security Services. Salmon's Building, 212 East 38th Street, New York City. Report on Sterling Industries. Wednesday 15th, October 1930. Dear Mr. Sterling, thank you for engaging Shaw Investigations. The two detectives I would like to assign to your case are Dirk Kessler, who from his time in the Merchant Navy, his experience in Caribbean nations, assisting him will be Guy Randall, a former police officer with, New, with the New York City Police. Both have considerable success in finding missing persons, and we're confident that they will assist you in finding your son, Jack Sterling, in Haiti. Our fees are $80 per day for both detectives plus expenses. Wonder how many of those we racked up. <laughs> They're both booked on the Cunard Liner Goodfellow, matching your travel itinerary, departing New York Saturday 18th and arriving at Port-au-Prince on the 23rd. Yours respectfully, Roger Shaw. The next piece of paper that you find is this. Report on Sterling Industries. Friday, July 5th. 1929. Sterling Industries is a New York firm controlled by the Sterling family. The chairman and owner is James Sterling, a wealthy industrialist hailing from six generations of old Rhode Island money. His business is diverse investment in shipping, manufacturing, rubber, and petroleum. During the Great War, Sterling Industries purchased a munitions factory in Mott Haven in West Bronx and made a fortune selling arms to allied forces in Europe. After the war, munitions became their biggest business. They have since sold weapons around the globe, mostly into Europe and Central America, particularly Mexico, Italy, Ireland, and Nicaragua. James' son, Jack, upon recently completing a college degree at Columbia University, then joined the firm. Other than his son, 
James Sterling's bodyguard, Sean O'Neill, is his only other truly trusted employee who never leaves his boss's side as he travels the world doing business. Several high-ranking staff members have expressed dissatisfaction with Sterling, and one even questioned the legality of his methods. What is not publicly known is that Sterling Industries has been investigated more than once by the Office of Naval Intelligence for suspected collaboration with armed forces opposed to the interest of the government of the United States. No actions were taken and no prosecutions were brought forth against Sterling, most likely because of lack of evidence. It was also reported that New World Incorporated, the Chicago-based corporation, was close to buying out Sterling Industries in early 1928 to effectively eliminate competition in the market of global arms sales. Lastly, Sterling Industries has been supplying the U.S. government with arms for their soldiers in Haiti, but there are rumors that Sterling is also negotiating secret deals to sell weapons to Haitian rebels. Haitian gunrunner Sebastian Senegal is believed to be an associate. This act would be seen as treasonous if convictions were brought to bear by the United States government. Shit, Dirk. Who are we working for? Hey, there's whatever also, keeps the lights on. There's also a notepad. Uh, one that seems just a little bit familiar to you. Uh, because it's your style of doing things. Thursday, October 23rd, Leeds. Marie Jerome, tarot reader, 87 Rue Macajou, Bel Air. Dr. Bruce Northeast, anthropologist, 50 Rue Pacot, Pacot. ADS, National Library. Voodoo, or is it Voodoo? or something much older. Ashanti, Cult of the Floating Harbor, Star Pools. In the notepad, is there like little serrations torn out from like there's a page on top? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. But it is a, a notepad, if you noticed at the very top, that's printed specifically for Shaw's Industries, uh, Shaw's Investigation. So it's one of yours from work. Let's see. Um, so uh, you guys are in your room. Um, Donna and Amy, you open up your door and it's the same sort of situation. There are two beds with mosquito netting. Uh, they are both made. Uh, and you have, of course, put your things in drawers. Uh, but they've also been gone through. Somebody's been looking through your knickers and your uh, and your stuff, which doesn't make you very happy at all. Can I just do like a, a general search to see if anything is missing? Yes. The spot hidden. Um, yes, that's a hard success. Okay. You look around, you don't see anything missing. Um, uh, but there is a, a small uh, portable typewriter in one corner. 
that Amy, you think that's humorous. It seems really familiar. Okay. Um, um, James Sterling and Sean O'Neill, you open up your door. Uh, once again, same thing. Your stuff has been gone through, uh, which doesn't make you happy at all. Um, let's see. Uh, they're... Uh, uh, your clothing has been gone through. There is a briefcase on a desk. Uh, when you open it up, there is nothing inside of it. This is unacceptable, Mr. O'Neill. Looks like someone's been rifling through our stuff. Did they look like they broke in, or they? do you think it was the staff? Hmm. Let me look because the staff the, uh, probably the have keys. And see if like there's any signs of tampering. Yeah, you don't see any kind of tampering on the door. If somebody got in here, they got in with a key. Is this on what floor of the hotel? Is it one floor up? It's it's not on the ground, but it's it's okay. floor, what we would say in the United States first floor. Right. Interesting. They could have when climbed up through... the second floor in the United States. Yeah, well, I guess we would. I forget how the... It's the, it's the English floor. It's ground floor, it, uh... than the first floor. If our keys are, are for rooms one, whatever. You're one floor up, uh, above the ground. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, window. Do they look like any signs of tampering there? Oh, uh, you don't see any tampering on any of the doors. There are windows, yes. Most, I, I would bet that over 80% of the staff are thieves. I mean, all it took was a bit of cash from Donna for them to really buy into our, our story that, though true, is a bit outlandish. Something in that briefcase was important. Just feel it. I'd like you both to do spot hidden as you're looking around the room. I don't like that I don't have my gun, sir. Oh, six. Mm, 95. Extreme. Uh, James, as you're looking around, you notice there's a piece of paper. It might have been in the briefcase, and it fell out and lofted under the bed. Um, when you grab it and pull it out, this is what you see. This is a manifest of the cargo on board the USS Christabel of Mott Haven, Bronx, bound from New York to... Labidi Imports, Porta Prince, Haiti. Sterling Industries is the name of the shipper. Location, Mott Haven, Bronx, New York. Package with contents, 60 crates, farming equipment, slash machinery. Expected to arrive Monday, the 6th of October. I, Jeremiah DeWitt, do swear that above is a true manifest of the whole cargo of the said vessel and that such goods, wares, merchandise, or domestic manufacture and are therein specified were legally imported and the duties there, uh, thereupon have been duly paid of secured according to the law. Custom. And it is dated Thursday, the 18th of September, 1930. Uh, Jeremiah DeWitt. Is this lingo for... It looks like every other manifest, manifest you've ever seen. Okay. But... I doubt that it's farming equipment. You don't make farm equipment. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, I'll talk it that away. 
like you get my jest, right, Mister O'Neill? You of know, of course, what this boss. Is. We have to make sure this is this stays under wraps, and if it is what the date is, uh, did we get a date from the you uh, military man? That was yeah. We uh, never we never asked what day it was. Yeah. Okay, but this has uh, probably already been shipped out and received. Yeah, I don't. You did you did notice that there were newspapers downstairs? Uh, we'll check. Yeah, let's go try and double check to see what the current day is. Well, let's wait because they want uh, the detectives wanted to meet us here. You're right, sir. I'm getting ahead of myself. That's right. okay. So right. after, uh, unless you guys want to discuss anything else in your rooms, um, what are you, well, let's say, what are you doing right now in your rooms? All right. Well, Dirk and Guy have some things to talk about before we, you know, have our little confab in James's room. <laughs> so, okay. um, all right. So we're working for this Sterling guy, I guess. Uh, Sounds like he's got a missing kid. So that so first thing on top of my head is that once we tell him that, this becomes an emotional case. So let's just not forget that and be ready for that. And also this guy, to me, with what our outfit has found on his outfit, this guy could be a goddamn traitor to the United States of America. Who isn't these days? It's politics. I mean, who is it these days? Uh, me, you, probably. Uh, well, you know, we're not of that class. I mean, this guy's kid is missing, guy. I mean, the poor kid. How old was he again? He's just a kid, say, right? 25, 25 or he's, he's 20. Oh, he's an adult. Oh, uh, well, still, because it was after it was something like after we graduated. Columbia University he oh, yeah, yeah. joined his father's company. But anyways, just remember that this is the kind of guy we're working for, all right? Just, you know, tuck that away in the back of your head. You know, maybe we can remember that if we can't remember anything else. Um, <clears throat> also, well, I don't personally feel comfortable about giving these guys, we got six guns, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of guy who runs an outfit like this, just, you know, might not be all there. Yeah. You know? Don't get on his bad side either. He could whack us easy. Yes. Yes, he could. So let's try to stay on this guy's good side, okay? In terms of the hardware, are we uh, packing or are we uh, ditching it? Oh, we're not. No, none of these guns are leaving our site ever again. You want to take three guns each? I mean, geez, I only got so much belt. I don't want to blow my dork off. <laughs> All right. So we know the case that we're working on. We know who we're working for. We kind of know what he's like. I'm just saying we'll go in there. We'll tell him what we found out. I just, I don't know about the guns yet, though, man. I just, we don't know these guys. I don't know. 
listen, if this dude's some heavy hitter, his bodyguards probably got 50 million machine guns in his room, frankly. I mean, right? Or we were tasked with transporting the sidearms for the whole outfit by these guys. I'm not, I'm not saying we give the guns to them, but when we were in our right mind, we went, worked for these guys, collected the guns, and I mean, I don't, I don't see why we have to take them all with us. We can maybe leave them in the hotel room, take a couple with us if you even want to do that. I mean, oh, no, no, I, don't, I don't know what the laws are. The hotel room they got rifled through? it's like, it's like drugs, you know, you you have a little bit on you. It's possession. You have too much on you. It's a distribution, you know, intent to distribute. If we go get found with six pistols on us, someone's going to think we're like, you know, well, you just don't break two laws at once. I mean, I, <laughs> it's a big risk. Sorry, right, I'm saying. Let's put four of them back in the safety deposit box and keep that box with us and go talk to these guys. Yeah, maybe. But your point is taken about the uh, the looting through the room. And also, we got into the safety deposit box with a couple of bucks, you know? We got lucky. So, shit. It's a bad situation. All right, let's go brief these guys. All right. Is this safety deposit box something that... Uh... It's just a box, like a wooden box. Okay. Um, all right, let's put the four of the guns and maybe the, the, the taken down 12-gauge in the rucksack. Um, leave the typewriter in the room for now. Um, and then... Uh, but the rest of the stuff in the security box, you know, the map, um, things like that. Not the report that is digging up dirt on the Sterling, okay? That is not in there, okay? Uh, yeah, honestly, I, was, I would say burn it, but uh, with our memory problems, I'm not sure that's a good idea. No, um, yeah. so I'm gonna put that in one of, the, one of my pockets. Guys, you're putting some of this stuff away, let's say in the rucksack and, and so forth. You do notice one other small thing. It is a matchbox from a nightclub, a speakeasy somewhere in New York. Um, oh. When you pick it up, there's something inside, but it doesn't sound like matches. What is it? You open up the matchbox and there is a dead moth in the matchbox. Hmm. Hey, Derek. Do you know anything about, about bugs? Um, I've seen a few. The Sugarcane Lounge, too. I don't know what yeah, that Derek, is. you remember the Sugarcane Lounge. It is a speakeasy in New York on Fifth okay. Avenue been there uh, i must have got it there you know um what are you doing carrying on a moth well probably just crawled in there and died or something are there any holes where it like chewed through 
Nope. How was this moth so important to you that you brought it to a foreign nation? It's a bug. You know, it's probably just got in there by accident, closed it in, and died. I doubt that. I seriously doubt that. <laughs> what are the rest of you guys doing? Uh, I'll probably talk to Sean. Did you ever find your um, handgun? No, sir. There no no evidence of any, any, any weapons. I didn't find any of my money, my knife. Where were these crooks are? They came in and took all our stuff. Well, we need to get you armed because it's for our safety and my family's safety. Indeed. Well, you also don't have any money. Right. Yeah, that's the other big Well, problem. we might have kept it in a lockbox. They're on to us. You know, if we don't have any of our memories, it is entirely possible that we had already hired those guys at some point. We're just going to have to see what they found. Uh, wait, let's check on let's check on the girls while we're waiting. Uh, see see what they found. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think, at this point, I think we're just going to go to Sterling's room. Okay. Okay. So we'll say you're all meeting back at Sterling's room. What did you find? All right. So our our room had been ransacked. Looks like yours has too. Yep. Okay. All right. So I'm still trying to piece together what we found here, but it looks like you guys hired us. All right, you might want to sit down. Can you sit down? Okay, I'll sit, sit down on the bed. Your son Jack's missing. That's why we're here. <sighs> Jack? No. No, 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 no. Not Jack. Well, we have to save him. He's in, he's in danger, right? He's gone. He's got to, Oh, God. I'm going to give them a minute to let it out. Okay. Who could have taken Jack? You asshole. They'll be hell to pay. That's right. Okay. So from what we found here, it looks like we work for an we that Dirk and I work for an outlet, outfit called Shaw's Investigative. Um, and that you hired us to come with you here because I guess I suppose the best evidence that we have is that Jack Sterling is currently located somewhere in Haiti. Where? Um, I, do we, did, did that thing say, let me see, hold on. No um, idea. No, uh, I didn't get anything that specific. There might be other documents somewhere or, or notes that might have more information, but I didn't find anything like that. Um, so he's located somewhere in Haiti and we have been hired to help you find him. Okay. Um, so at some point I'm going to have to, we're going to have to work with you and fake, get some information. Right. Remember, and you said you're hired to help us. So that means we're helping too. We're going to do all we can. Yes. That what I, was in, did you find any, uh, what was in the lockbox? All right. Because so, we're going out into Haiti and. So I remind that as be, you were being employed by Mr. Sterling, that you are subservient to him and will take his orders. That clear? 
All right, we're going to come to an understanding because this isn't the type of communication that we're going to be having this whole right. time. O'Neill, I'll just give him a simple hand wave. All right. All right. So we now, have to have mutual respect. I understand that. All right. So uh, the group of us, I guess, unless you can find out how to maybe a- access any other assets that you might have available to you, um, we have $300. Okay. So that's what we've got for now on hand. Uh, a map of Haiti. I think it's just general. Um, and then uh, let's see, we've got a lock cooking kit um, that could come in handy. That's probably mine. Yeah, no one knew it probably is. Um, uh, we had uh, some Shaw stationary typewriter, uh, this backpack, a bug. Um, and <clears throat> all right. I I have to say you all are a very strange pair of individuals in the items that you carry in your luggage. Well, you never know what you're going to need, ma'am. Um, so I think it's good to be prepared for any sort of any and sort. It- of- and exactly what does a bug in a matchbox prepare you for? Full of protein. I'm sure that's Dirk's. That sounds like that's probably something Dirk brought. So don't, you know, put that on me. But um, I'm sure that he had a good reason for bringing that. It's just conveniently we've all lost our memories. So uh, who knows? Right now it's idiotic but maybe it was important. (laughs) Mr. Randall, I'm going to trust my own judgment because I hired you for a reason. You're obviously a professional, so I'll trust your reasoning. Is there, uh, what what matters is Jack comes home safe. Absolutely. (laughs) Sean O'Neill suddenly stands up and walks over towards the bathroom. I'm not going to stop him. He needs to use the bathroom. Sean, you open up the door to the bathroom. It's a nice, nice little, uh, well-appointed bathroom. It's clean. There are some toothbrushes on the sink. There's a medicine cabinet above the uh, above the sink with a door, you know, the kind of uh, the, where the mirror opens. What do you want to do? Just you know, check the room over see because the door was slightly open just see if there was anyone here recently or possible means of exit there's not is there a window in here probably not there is a small little window yeah to let help the air uh where in the bathroom do you look um open up the cabinet okay you open up the cabinet and there is a small bottle of aspirin but other than that, there is nothing inside of it. Okay. And um, then you close the cabinet and stuck in the frame of the mirror is a card, a tarot card. Oh, no. But a strange one. The Mort. And it is upside down. Amort. That's death, right? Correct. 
and it wasn't there a moment ago, and you can do a sanity roll. Excellent. Oh, yeah, that's a fail. Uh, do uh, just take one point of damage, but you suddenly yelp. Not not like, and you just suddenly go, Jesus Christ. What's going on? You all hear that. Uh, it's not, not as serious as it might sound. It's just weird. And I'll, I'll come out of the bathroom holding the card cautiously. I, 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 there before? I, I, I just noticed the bathroom door is ajar and I just wanted to make sure that there was nobody, um, listening in on us. So I went there, I opened a cabinet, nothing in it, but when I, I, <laughs> You got it. You got to believe me, boss. But when I closed the cabinet back, this this card was in the frame when it, it wasn't there a second ago. It just appeared. We must have missed it. Wait, what kind of card is it? Uh, I think it's one of those tarot cards. Lamor. Oh, I think let that's death. I know something about a cult. Let me see that. Could I roll a cult? Sure. Where's my occult again? No, it's not a pass. Well, I mean, you do recognize it as a tarot card, although you've never seen any tarot card that looks like this. It's got the the Roman number 13 on it, which is for the death card. I don't like that card. You can keep it. So this might... I don't want it. (laughs) Everybody listen, this could be significant. I pull out a note, the notepad that we found that had some leads that uh, we'd written down. Um, the first lead on this list that, uh, I don't remember which one of us wrote it, that, that, that we had written down. Um, it looks like Dirk's handwriting. Okay, um, that's on the list of Dirk's leads. Um, Marie Jerome, tarot reader. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that's uh, you've got these leads listed here, I mean, it's first on the list, and we just saw some fucking weird card shit just happen. So that sounds like a logical uh, progression of events. Okay, so we're going to investigate this tarot card reader. <laughs> what do you mean we're going to? So, I- what do all what do we all mean that we're going to? Well, not we came here to buy Jack. Jack. Well, he's gone. Yes, we all show yes, about so they, but they no. wrote that on. They wrote that on the list for this no. investigation. There's got to be some sort of connection, or at least they thought there was. I, Princess, I, we don't even I, know if she. We don't. I even don't know call her. up. Will you listen to me? God damn it! Jesus Christ, with men, God. I woke up, and the one thing I could remember is losing something. Like they're. Something they're gone, they're gone. Like a brother came here to find Jack. He's not coming back, he's gone, and you sent him here. I all right, listen, we came here, we got hired. I would have been here if it wasn't for you, I'm sure of it. Well, I don't know your brother, you and your goddamn business. It's all that's important to you. He's talking about James. We're, we're, We're gonna make things right, okay. What do you mean make things right? I, I don't remember anything here. All I know is that one of my family is in danger. So we're going to make things right. We're going to take action. 
But Haiti, Haiti's a dangerous place. Donna, these leads. Don't you, any of you, any of you listening to that doctor? What? We've been here for God knows how long. Those are leads. You're investigators. You followed up on those leads, I'm sure. We might. We were all found. We were all found. And Jack wasn't. What does that tell you, huh? Well, that we that we're still looking for him. We haven't found him yet. I mean, but what I'm saying is, Dirk must have written these down for for some good reason. They don't make sense to us right now, but these leads. I mean, there must have been a reason for for taking them down. I think that's better than aimlessly wandering around Port-au-Prince looking for your brother. We have to do something. We can't just throw up our hands and, and give up because he might already be gone. Listen, Donna, I know it's hard. You're very, you're close to this. It's family. I, I can't, under, I can't know what you're going through, but we have to step back from this and think about it with level heads and think about a plan and how we're going to proceed. All right. Well, we're probably it's probably safest to stick together did you find any other equipment yes i want to talk to you about that um okay in private we're all on the same team right right i would say so i well we all want the same thing eventually that's the safety we find jack and your bodyguard isn't going to beat the shit out of me at any point, or... Why would you even think that? Well, he comes off a little rough, but... Um, so we're good. We, we have an environment of trust. Like I said, mutual respect, Mr. Randall. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm giving in the stink eye. More guns onto the bed and like five. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So uh, I think it was a, just a mixture of 38s and 45s? Three of each. Okay. All right. Well, you're down one 45. I took one of those. I normally carry around a 45. Do any of the guns, like, you know, I recognize that that's my gun, or are they just like? They all look really similar, but maybe... I'll pick up um, forty-five. Do a, do a, what would you call it? Do a spot hidden. Call it then. should fit like a glove, Mister O'Neill. Uh, that is a regular success on the spot hidden. Yeah, there's one that you, you know, maybe the wear and tear on it. It seems really familiar. I feel it up. It's weight. Check it out. Interesting. This is my gun. It's back in my hands, and we're missing memories, so I'm not going to question this any further. Right. We have to be careful. We don't know who took Jack. We don't know if they're still dangerous or who they are. And we don't want to be held up by the locals. No. Because, 
the way we because they they're probably willing to rob tourists. They're willing to rob tourists in their own hotel rooms. That's uh I'll take a 38. We should consider changing our lodgings because clearly somebody is already already knew about us being here and ransacked our rooms. Wondering whoever took our things out of our pockets. Yeah. Do we want to find out who took our key. stuff? Well, naturally, but I mean, <laughs> I don't first think before we. Test. Um. That's probably of the more utmost priority. Well, like, what's the game plan? And I'm looking towards the detectives. All right. You're the professionals. We've got leads. I, we, I think we start with those. Not the... Okay. I think... I mean, that's so far what we've got. Our... Um, Marie Jerome. I've got and I've got addresses for for some of these. I've got one on her. Um, I've got uh, an anthropologist named Dr. Bruce Northeast. Um, uh, there's a national library written down. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a couple, man, we were looking into some weird shit. Um, Dirk wrote down something about voodoo. And uh, an Ashanti cult of the floating horror and star pools. I don't know what. Never heard of this. Oh, so your leads are just a bunch of nonsense. All right. Well, your your friend's a reporter, right? Amy, Amy, you're a reporter. Yes. Uh, How would you usually investigate these kinds of things? Um, Well, you start with any people you know. And... um, try to find any evidence that we've got that might link to that individual. Um, that's always a good place that I start. Um, okay. Because, I mean, we could go, maybe um, your son visited these people. So maybe we were going to talk to these people to see what they could tell us about where he went or the last time they saw him. We Fine. Don't retrace our steps steps, or Or did you show us about the manifest uh, guy you did okay yeah we could we could oh wait no no we did not do that you didn't do that okay never mind man no he didn't see the manifest only james and o'neill saw the manifest yeah and i think the manifest is tucked away got it got it got it basically they didn't tell us any of the good secret stuff Okay. <laughs> Why would we? <laughs> well, well, I want to, I want to sort of tug on Donna and Amy's shoulders and be like, you know, you think we could talk in private somewhere? These guys are really uh, bringing down the mood. Yeah, I can't. I, I just need some air. Okay, go. So what are you going to do, Donna? I'm, I don't know. I'm I'm just going to go out of the room and start kind of walking around. Maybe there's a balcony or or something. I just, and if not, I'm just going to go outside. I just need to get away from these people. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. So you're going to go down the hall. Uh, you don't see any like balconies. So you're going to head downstairs and wander around outside. How far are you yeah. going to go? Not terribly far. Probably just gonna, Yeah, just get out on the front steps and just sit okay. there. Um, and what is everybody else doing to what what are you well, planning? It's still fairly early in the day. I'm basically talking to Mr. Randall, distracted if Kessler wants to go out. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to go have a, a private conversation with Donna. I never leave James Sterling's side. So Okay. So James and O'Neill and yeah. Randall are together in one room and uh, Donna and Kessler are going to go outside. How about you, Amy? Um, I'm going to stay where I'm at. I'm going to stay where I'm at. Okay. All right. So let's do Donna and Kessler. Donna, Donna goes outside first and finds a place to sit. It is tropical. There are lots and lots of uh, plants. Oh, uh, did you want to check the date? There sure, are, there's a newspaper. There are newspapers in French. Um, the date on the newspaper is uh, October thirtieth. Uh, I don't know when we got here. So, and then Kessler comes and joins you. Hey, listen, uh, Donna. I, uh, uh, I'm sorry if. Uh, any tensions were raised there. Uh, I wanted to talk. Fault. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you in private because um, I think we both know whose fault it is. And uh, I think we should pull resources here. Just, just say what you have to say, Dirk, was it? Yeah, well, uh, you may or may not know that you're Father is involved in some uh, disreputable activities against the United States government's interests. Well, did I know that? No. Am I surprised? No. He doesn't give a shit about anything, but it's goddamn business. Or anyone. That Trust matter. me, I know the type. Used Don't to be the type. that type for a father. Well... If only you knew. You know, my father was a drunk. He beat me every night. That's why I joined the Merchant Marines. Anyway, uh, you seem to be about to say something about uh, him sending your brother over here before. Uh... Jack. <laughs> Jack was all the world to me. Till he decided to go get that damn education and get under dad's thumb. Been his lackey ever since. Forgot all about me. So I don't know why we're here or why Jack came here, but Jack doesn't do anything without daddy telling him to. So if, if Jack was here and went missing, it's because James sent him. Shit. Well, we're all here for a reason. And uh, I think we were all together for a reason. So 
look, and you you seem more you seem more level headed than that blockhead oh, you seem to travel with. Yeah, hey, I have my look, moments. You, you you were you were collecting leads. We've been here for some time. Look, it's the thirtieth now. I don't know what we got here, but I assume you're you're capable at your job. I'm sure you've already talked with all these people. I mean, we went out. We were out in the hills. We went somewhere. We found something. But we're all here and Jack isn't. And I don't know if we would have left this place if it wasn't go find Jack. And he's not here. You know, that's a good point. I'm not saying I think he's alive. I frankly think that the chances that he's alive are uh, not great. But there's still a chance. And that's what's important. And even if there wasn't, you got to know how your brother died, possibly find his body. If there is one, bury it. Isn't that, you know, closure, all that. Closure and all that, I suppose. All right, let's go back upstairs for a moment. James and Sean and Guy. I'm sorry, Amy, what did you say you were doing? Um, I'm still in the same room with uh, with so you're in the, James and Sean. You're in there with them. Okay, so the yeah. four of you were still upstairs. What are you talking about? So I got your expertise, Mr. Randall, and your expertise, Miss Lachlan. But from a security standpoint, Mr. O'Neill, what would you recommend? What do you mean in distribution of weapons? What we should what we should do next? What we should do next? Because I'm not feeling very safe here in this hotel. No, I think we need to be find a see what our options are for other places to move, and we should do that while we still have daylight. We don't want to be wandering around the streets at night. Okay. So I say we pack our stuff up. Um, ask the guy at the front desk if you know they know that people went on up here and ransacked our rooms, and then not cause too much a scene because there might be. A, there's a chance that maybe this is our only possible place to stay, which wouldn't be ideal. Uh, do we confront them? Uh, Give them a stern talking to, maybe even find out who went through our stuff? So we can get I mean, I've got a little bit of French, but it, it'll... I mean, Donna was really showing some uh, some really great skills down there, but I don't know if I we worry want to put her through more. She's, she's already okay. under a lot of stress. I don't know if we want to put her in a position to be chewing out hotel staff. Hey, Jim. This yes. Um, Donna seemed pretty upset with you back there. Is there something going on, something that I might want to know about? Uh, only that I haven't been the best father. I understand that the business takes a lot of time away from my manor. Mm. Uh, but I'm trying to do right by her, I'm trying to do right by my family. I will do anything for my family. I hope you understand that, Mr. Randall. I do. I understand the uh, split devotions between family and business. It's, uh, it's a tough line to walk. I guess that that I can sort of see that if you've got, a, I mean, what seems like a very successful um, multinational business. Um, yes, yes. It's hard to run an outfit like that and also spend the time that your family wishes you did. 
Uh, Mr. Randall, this is why I'm here. This is why I didn't just hire 30 men and just say, deal with it. Sure. Just um, might want to keep an eye on your daughter. She seems upset. I don't want her to do anything. Well, you know, girls will be girls. I, I trust her judgment. She'll come around to it. Sure. But if there is anything, I mean, she was hurling quite a few accusations at you. If there is anything that it would help for me to know, whether it warts and all about this case, about why Jack is here, um, and how well, she says that I sent Jack here, but I have no recollection of sending Jack here at all. Okay. If if Jack was here and he didn't I, I suspect that he came here by himself, maybe to prove something. But if he was here, if he was under my wing, I'd be walking him through everything and we'd have father-son time. Sure. James, where are you in the room? I am sitting on the bed. And when you blink your eyes, you're sitting on the bed. Uh, Donna is sitting next to you. Uh, Dirk and Guy are on the other bed, and Sean is standing next to you. Uh, Amy, you're sitting on a chair in the room, and you're all suddenly unaware of how you got there. But God damn it, it happened again. What time is it? Um, say it's around 11 a.m. How much missing time was that? You didn't pay any attention earlier. Sorry, there was, I'm going to what happened? Downstairs. What happened? There was a it, newspaper downstairs that said it was the 30th. But now... No, I'll go see what they say now. Let's make sure it's the same day. Run downstairs. downstairs. I I am deeply disturbed. Uh, How do we end up in different places like that? I don't know. It's Sean. You go downstairs and you grab the paper. It says October thirtieth. Okay, so I have a. Oh, sigh of relief, and then go upstairs. It's okay. It's the same day. How did you get here, Donna? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe um, you stepped outside, right? Maybe the front desk person yes. saw you come back. The front desk. It's it's, it's what the the doctors are telling us. Are we lose? We 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 go catatonic or or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Front desk should be able to tell us what exactly you did or what state you were in. Maybe they can. Well, she ran out of the room upset. We don't know well, how much she's... time has passed, huh? All right, now I'm taking notes on the time. It doesn't seem I mean, much that much time has passed. If any, I mean it's it's still not even noon. It was the morning earlier. I mean it can't have been that long all right so what are we doing next well, i think it would be a good idea maybe just to occasionally note the time yes 
So if we have another one of these episodes, we can reference it and know that no more than this amount of time has passed. Maybe I have a pen, right? Yes, there is stationary right. in the room. I'm going to write on my skin because I don't trust my notepad. Okay. I don't know what the watch market is like here in Haiti, but surely we could try and get a, a timepiece from, from somebody. Then we could have, uh, you know, it's just right there. We don't have to look at newspapers or stuff we write on ourselves. Yeah, there are watches that will tell time. I I would say that Sterling and O'Neill both in your in your suitcases, you've probably your clothes were rifled through, but your uh, expensive watches are still there. They I'm surprised get, they didn't get stolen. That's very interesting. Okay, so yeah, maybe they weren't they, looking they, for they, stuff to steal. Uh, well, maybe maybe they were. If they didn't take anything valuable, right? And they left. They left. My suitcase was empty. Guns. They didn't take Amy's typewriter. Your your briefcase was empty. Yeah, my briefcase that was emptied. So I suspect that they only went for that. That um, honestly, I would have rather it have been some common crooks looking for money. This is even this is more worrying. Yeah, they had a goal. Somebody got our keys and they came in here looking for something that was in your briefcase. What would they want in your briefcase? I don't know. You, you came here looking for Jack, and they want something in your briefcase. So, so you hired us to come with you to Haiti. The mission is to find your son. So what sort of things would you have brought here in a briefcase with these being the facts? Well, whatever it was, it would contribute to saving my son. Right. We have no evidence that this was a, a ransom situation. Um, at least none of our notes here. So, But it says missing. Missing, so you must have known he was here before we came. Well, we came here to how look. Do you, how do you know somebody's missing in a place if you don't even know they went there to begin with? I wish I could tell you, Donna. I don't remember. Right, so, so somebody had to have known that Jack was here and then lost contact with him. It could have been something as simple as he might have, Jack might have been here on on, on, on business or maybe on um, vacation even. Or maybe he sent out a telegram. Who knows? We don't. That's true. He wasn't in the army, was he? Uh, no. Because that would explain it. Regardless, I think before we start losing time again, we we need to look into our lodging situation. I, I don't feel safe here. I don't know if there's anywhere else. We just need to find a place to hide our valuables. Maybe we can pry up a floorboard or... Or you can get Wait. different rooms. I think whoever came in here was the people who took our keys. So we should have had keys in our pockets, but we didn't. Somebody took the things out of our pockets, or most of the things. Out right, of our right, Mister. Very Sterling. good, very good, Donna. Mister. Yes. Does a business named 
New World Incorporated mean anything to you? Does it, Keeper? I can't no. remember anything like that. I mean... According to my no. note, um, they seem like another large, powerful company. I, I have many competitors, Mr. Randall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. <clears throat> they all want a piece of this pie. Right. I'm just trying to drum up any possible other entities or people with motives. Possible. I mean, if it was a, a ransom, then we probably would have brought a note. Then no, we'd, we'd already know who kidnapped Jack then, and this wouldn't be the situation we're in, because I wouldn't have gotten private investigators. Potentially. It's just um, I have a, a report here that uh, this business actually attempted to buy you out in 1928. Can I see the report? It's, uh, it's not a full report. It's just a note here. Um, okay, I'll, I'll read it. Yeah, I just, I, it's like a, just a, like a bullet point that says, uh, okay. World Incorporated tried to buy you to eliminate competition. So it's, well, they didn't. Sure. I'm still here. Yeah. I'm just saying they might be coming at it again and maybe these guys are, are shady. I, uh, well, this is why we're armed and we're going to stick together. What if Jack was selling you out? He wouldn't do that. No, know. no, there's there's no way he could do that. He's my goddamn son. From and with that, I think that we should call it a night. <laughs> That's Take a good moment. Next time. <laughs> oh man. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, Sham Sabin, Alex Sun, Max Meltzer, Julian Arba, and Dan DePolis, with yours truly as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members, you can set up private games, and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastery. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Riley, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.